Some church traditions connect Advent to darkness. At the Church of the Redeemer, this Advent has become very dark. And this is a darkness that will extend beyond the light of Christmas. And we hope that that light will guide us in this darkness. Each of us in the tradition of Lexio Divina may hear different words from our collect that was speaking to us this morning. So I will read it slowly again. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. I don't want to be where we are. You don't want to be where we are. But this is where we are. Together and torn. Reports that were turned into our diocesan ombudswoman, Kimberly, were read and passed on to our bishop, Todd Hunter, as significant enough to warrant an investigation which our wise and caring bishop will oversee with a charitable and flexible hand. Lord have mercy. Our text in Philippians opens with words that were hard for me to hear. But Pastor Amanda told me to talk about these words. So I am. I could have chosen words in Jeremiah or something more interesting. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Well, these are hard words. Who wants to rejoice? Joy in the New Testament is a term most often used in difficult circumstances. Circumstances those early churches were facing like persecution and social degradation And we are resonating this morning with the earliest siblings of our faith. I latched on to something when our text came, the Lord is near. It evoked Advent for me. It evoked Emmanuel, God with us. It evoked the presence of God with the children of Israel as they wandered in a wilderness not unlike the wilderness we are now entering. It evoked the Spirit's constant presence with us. I glimpsed joy this morning that our Lord is near. I find myself in some ways, even as a Bible teacher, simply unable to be to agree with do not be anxious. The term is about internal, emotional, and even psychological disturbance, and many of us this morning are disturbed. You can't just wish disturbance to go away, and it will go away. So this may not be a word for all of us today. But the next words landed home for me, and perhaps they will for you too. In every situation, by prayer 
and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's a word that I wanted to hear. I am in prayer, maybe not in thanksgiving, but surely in prayer. We are all in prayer right now. Wordless prayers, disturbing prayers, prayers of disturbance. Why prayers? Why now prayers? What happened prayers? Our collect, in fact, is exactly what present your requests to God is all about. This is a time for us to ask and ask and ask of God. What can we ask for? We can ask for wisdom for Bishop Todd, for Pastor Amanda and Stephanie, for our vestry and its wardens, for each of us in all our conversations, for grace upon those who have experienced whatever they have reported to the ombudsman, for their healing for their confidence in this process, for their privacy, and for the isolation and anxiety such reporting elicits. For the mercy of God to be upon us in a way that brings all into the light and heals us from any of our own waywardness and sinfulness and fleshy habits. For our sensitivities, to all kinds of trauma, for Jay and Susan and all the greeners in their pain and distress as they await in loneliness the decisions of others. This is a profoundly complicated moment for our church that is already generating all sorts of feelings and emotions, shock, stunned, Denial, cynicism, injustice, unfairness, justice, anxiety, disbelief, anger, confusion, disgust, sadness, and grief. It's about that chaotic in our midst. And lament. We will lament so many facets of this darkness, our losses, our fears, our history. For some of us, there is the sense of surely not us. Yes, it is now us. And so I want in these few minutes to offer what I can as we turn to face this deepening darkness with my assignment to talk about Tov in this darkness, goodness. I would like to begin with a word for those who can be triggered by the words in the letter that spoke of credible allegations. Even if, as Bishop Todd has told us, that allegation actually is a misspoken word and that all we have right now are reports, even if that is to be said, Many in this room and online will be triggered into their memories by such words. Our prayers are for you, and we want to offer what we can help you with. The only person who knows what's in those reports, other than those who reported, is Kimberly Filer, 
in the bishop's office. Other than those who filed those reports, who have spoken in safety and privacy, and whose names will not be known unless they choose to make their names known, the rest of us don't know what has been reported. We will remain in that condition mostly. You are perhaps uncomfortable with that. I'd like to know too. I don't. It is best for all of us not to know what needs to be known until the process determines what needs to be known. I am trusting our bishop and the processes that we have developed over time in our diocese. They are wise, they are respectful, and we are learning. And they are the result of experience and discussions with other denominations. They are also trauma-sensitive. Because we don't know, it is wise for us to realize that someone we can see right now, someone we pass the peace with, someone we stand with at the Eucharist, and someone we have talked to this morning or will talk to after this service in a few minutes may have been the person or persons who reported concern. Please be careful. You don't know who they are, and I don't either. Please don't ask someone if they reported. Don't ask people to lie because they don't want you to know. While it is common for someone to say, please don't speculate, you've heard this, maybe you think I've just said that, or please don't assume, we all will. In this last year, as some of you know, I have been engaged in over a hundred conversations with people in churches who have been abused. I know these stories. My experience reveals that nearly all the speculations are wrong and insensitive and easy to talk about. So, you will wonder, I will wonder, but it's wise to keep your wonderings to yourself and in your own home. As we face this darkness, we are going to need to listen. Speak less, listen more will need to be our motto as this process does its good and difficult work groping in the darkness. As we listen, we, we may become better observers of our own wonderful congregation. As we face this darkness, we will especially need a trusting patience. Some of you do not know our bishop or Kimberly. I do, and I have great confidence in each to be committed to truth with compassion and love. They want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing at the right time, but they are not infallible. I'm confident in our bishop's processes as good and effective. Yes, we don't know, 
And this means we can exercise trust in our leaders as we pray for them to guide us into wisdom. For some of us, this is going to be difficult. As we face the darkness, we have the opportunity to develop great trauma sensitivities, which we don't have. Our Lord was known for compassion, so I'm going to read four verses about Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The word translated compassion means it is it means the same both in Greek and Hebrew. It means to have an internal turning of the stomach toward the presence of pain as it is observed. And it is usually observed in a person by tears in their eyes and facial expression. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. When Jesus called his disciples to them, he said, I have compassion for these people. They have nothing to eat. And Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and they were healed. Historically, even if not always, when churches have been given reports about inappropriate actions, they have gone into denial, accusations, and reversing the victim and the one who has made the accusations. It's called DARVO. The American church right now is in a very difficult time over this very issue in churches as it has been practiced in churches. Many of us, especially our bishop, and I know Pastor Amanda is on board here, are forming convictions of what it means to be trauma-sensitive so that our words, our policies, and processes do not power up on accusers so they will be silenced and their voices suppressed. Jesus' way of life was profoundly sensitive to those who were suffering. We can deepen our sensitivities during this darkness. Bishop Todd gave us a word that will make us more sensitive if we practice it. I would like everyone, he said in his letter to us, with a split infinitive, to simply follow the golden rule. Treat every person involved in this matter the way you would like to be treated if you were in their place. I could ask a gentle question, and I know the answer to this. How many of us even wondered if any person in here might be one of those trauma, traumatized persons? And have, has that shaped what we've said and done this morning? No, we don't want to be here, but we are. And we are called to do this together. Father, have mercy. Christ have mercy, Spirit.